Hello, and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000s emo pop and pop punk retrospective. I am your host today, Sybil Arnett, and with me here is nobody because today we're going to discuss a bit of an odd duck. See, some of you probably realized that we actually had Real Big Fish's Cheer Up slotted for this week. But upon listening to it, all of us came to the conclusion that we did not have a lot that we could say about it, and we're going to be doing some discussion in the next few episodes about changes to our format, because we're now a year into this program, and we have decided that there are some albums which do not make for the best episodes. We're just going to do grab bag roundups rather than try and go track by track. Unfortunately, one of the main casualties of this is going to be, with maybe exceptions, uh, Ska. Ska records were put in because Ska and Pop Punk have a lot of crossover and shared history. Bad timing just won't wait Maybe it's not right Made a friend tonight I just wanted to talk to you But then I started wondering If she's the one or not So I gotta go, gotta go Before I do something stupid There were bands we covered on our episode zero and those that I've brought up a few times, like Sublime, No Doubt, uh, The Suicide Machine started out as ska punk. There's history there, but it doesn't fit the format of the show. And so rather than just dump it all and make this miserable on you, we are going to have a solo episode because we really had so little to discuss about Cheer Up, and, uh, well, Ellie is not the fondest of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, so their upcoming A Jackknife to a Swan on the list was also not really a favorite. I'm going to give you a history of Ska, where it diverged, some thoughts on the genre, and just bring us up to Hopefully, a special that will not leave you regretting the fact that you are all in my care this week. And while we're here, since I mentioned it, uh, all the remaining ska on our list is from either Less Than Jake or Real Big Fish, with two exceptions. They are The Aquabats' High Five Soup and Bouncing Souls' The Gold Record. So, if we determine those are worth it, they're still on the list, we haven't cut them, but they'll probably be under wrap-up in the same way as these two albums are. So, Ska kicks off after World War II, Jamaica gets their hands on radios, and they take to the R&B genre, rhythm and blues. But, they put their own spin on it over time, so... What starts as things like Fats Domino, etc., suddenly starts turning into uh, things where you've got the more horn-driven Caribbean sound that characterizes early ska. 
And some of this still creeps on, you know, obviously the horns, but the big thing that brings it back to most of the people who we're probably going to talk about is two-tone, which is what happens when this gets over to the UK and really kicks off a lot in the 70s. If you know the specials, Madness, uh, the English beat, uh, they're just the beat in their own hometown, but when they were exported, I always knew them growing up as the English beat. This sort of thing really kicks off. I grew up hearing more than a little of this. Madness and Mirror in the Bathroom, it's all kinds of the sort of things I heard growing up alongside Peter Gabriel and New Wave, so there was that going for me. I'm not a huge Ska fan, but, as has been mentioned on the show time and time again, I love a good horn section, so while I'm never going to go hunting it down, Ska is the sort of thing that will sucker me in if I change the station at the right time, because give me something brassy, and it turns out I might not remember your band's name, but I do know a good hook. And Two-Tone Ska had good hooks, and this is where the punk fusion starts coming in, because turns out the UK scene, not as laid back, got a lot more aggro style to it. It's faster, it's got just a... speed... And so this comes out, and we have the 80s, and then New York and California both get up a ska scene. This is third wave. This is where you get the boss tones, the slackers, the suicide machines early stuff, real big fish, less than Jake, voodoo glow skills, all kinds of bands. Uh, Did I say no doubt? I forget if I said no doubt. Goldfinger. Everyone rolls up on both coasts, and this is where we start with everything that we thought, yeah, that's what we're going to roll into Gotta Get Out of This Town when we cover Ska. And you might notice that of all the Ska we've covered, not much of it has actually been Ska, because the 2000s are where third wave Ska just craters. Everyone is either pulling a gold finger and pivoting away from their roots, they're trying to go rock, they're going on hiatus. This won't be so hard to follow. You must replace your common sense, and then you won't find it's hard to swallow. 
Or they're not charting, and what we've been trying to do is cover things that charted artists who showed up in the Billboard music charts. Because there was ska during this period, but no major label was really putting it out, and it wasn't selling. I'm sure that if we had numbers on some of very independent artists, maybe the early days of digital, that would tick up a bit. I know that in the 2020s, there's been talk of possibly fourth wave coming around. Some research suggests that a couple of these artists have come out of hiatus and are trying to move things. But also, I don't know what... What is success for Scott at this point? You can have the sound, but you don't get the same thing you have. And part of that is that the ska punk sound is just becoming... I don't like to use the phrase white person reggae because, you know, that's what I remember them slamming the police with when I was growing up. Oi, that Sting, he's just doing white reggae. Ain't got no need for that. Anyway... This kind of is the point where Ska is either these artists returning and maybe not doing Ska anymore. Maybe they're more punk than Ska now. Or one band that I rolled across is... I don't know if it's a band. I guess it's linked to We Are The Union, but... Ska-Toon Network seems to be a thing that is pushing a lot of this revival... And it's just ska-style covers of a lot of music they post on YouTube. I know this is bringing it to a younger generation because it's like, Whoa! Trumpet! Trombone! Brass! Alright, but it's the music you already know, and so, is this a ska revival? I don't know. It's... it's not my genre. I just figured that we needed a little bit here to catch everyone up. And so, yeah, I guess we'll see if this leads to young people, newly formed ba- Maybe we're going to come out of the pandemic. And all the bands that form up are just going to take after this new sound they're hearing. Maybe this is where Ska picks back up. Or maybe Ska is destined to go the way of the Dodo because it's not growing itself. Maybe Ska is just an entity that will last our lifetimes and the third wave was it. The impression that I get, etc. Just really pushed it out there. 
Smash Mouth's first album. Oh, that Why Can't We Be Friends cover. Ska was around. Ska was in the center stage. And like so many things in the 90s that came from an earlier time, it got its revival, it burned bright, and it vanished. You know what else was around in the 90s and had a revival? Swing music was around. And thank God they're not coming back. Nobody's talking about that. I guess it speaks a lot to Ska that people are discussing whether or not it can come back, as opposed to all the other flash-in-the-pan music, but the 2000s, a time of pop-punk and emo-punk, were a very bad period for Ska, and so we are unlikely to touch on it more on this show. Thank you, I hope you had a lovely week, and we will see you again next week with a standard album I believe the next one in line as of this recording is the Used's debut album, it looks like. And so to round this out, much like the vein of some of our Christian rock, Christian pop punk albums, I will tell you about a little detour that my research took me to, wherein Christian ska died off before the mainstream ska revival did because the big three bands that I saw cited in a lot of places Five Iron Frenzy broke up in 2002 they actually crashed right after the Warp Tour that year uh, the Insiders put out their final album in 2003 and stopped touring in 2005 and the Supertones released their final studio album in 2004 and vanished. So, they did try coming back in the 2010s, and none of this went anywhere. This like was a brief period in 2010 through 2012, and then the universe didn't end, but Christian Scott did. So, I'm going to play us out this time with the wonderful The W's, who won two Dove Awards. Did you know there are Christian Music Awards? You did on some level, but I just keep learning about so many different things and so many different facets of the music industry through this show. And we're going to play one of their breakout hits, The Devil is Bad. Good night, everyone. Have yourself a pleasant week. And again, we will see you next week with all of the hosts, uh, and a more in-depth discussion of the used, who do deserve quite a bit of coverage for the way they kicked off. See ya.